This is episode number 73 with the founders of John's Crazy Socks, Mark and John Cronin. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at g. Chapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. What's up, P2F listeners? I hope you're having a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this. I hope your day is already filled with happiness. But if it's not, and even if it is, Buckle up because this episode is packed full of happiness. It's inspiring, but it's also got so much solid advice when it comes to just doing good business and doing good business by making sure that you are having a positive impact on every single person that your business touches. My guests today are Mark and John Cronin. John is the founder of John's Crazy Socks. Mark is his dad. And they share their story of how they have built what has now become a very large business, as they refer to it, a social enterprise. And John shares some of his experience growing up, being someone with differing abilities and not knowing how he was going to earn a living for himself or what his direction in life was going to be after school. And so he had the idea to start a business with his dad, Mark. They did that back in 2016, 
and they've created a very successful enterprise in John's Crazy Socks. Their mission, as you will hear in this episode, is to spread happiness. And it is very evident from talking with them and getting to know them that they are doing just that. They're having an amazing positive impact on the world. They're creating change in the world and creating a lasting business in the process. So there's so much good advice packed into this episode in terms of how they started the business, how to scale the business, how to make sure that you're creating a phenomenal experience for your clients in a business, and also just a very inspiring, very happy story. I can truly say this is one of, if not the favorite podcast interview I've had the privilege to do yet. I know you'll enjoy it. So please go ahead and drop in with me with Mark and John Cronin of John's Crazy Socks. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Mark and John Cronin, and they're the founders of John's Crazy Socks. This is such a cool story. I know everyone listening is going to get not only a ton of value from it, but just a lot of inspiration. And, you know, John's Crazy Socks is obviously a, a sock company, but they have a mission that is much, much larger than just selling socks. And so before I steal any more thunder from Mark and John, uh, I want to kick it to you guys to introduce yourself for those that may not be familiar with you. But first and foremost, thank you so much to both of you for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast with me. Really appreciate you being here. Welcome. Well, thank you. We're glad to thank be here. Thank you so much. You want to introduce us? Yeah, Dad. Uh, my name is John. This is my partner, my dad, Mark. We are John Crazy Socks. John's Crazy Socks. What's our mission? Spread it having it. So in a nutshell, um, we have a slightly different type of business model. We have a social enterprise. Um, so we have both a social mission and a business mission. And they're indivisible. They feed off each other. Right? The social mission is very strong, but the business mission makes everything go, right? We like to live indoors. We do. <laughs> right? Um, but what we, what we built it around really are, are four pillars. Socks you can love. Socks you can love. Make it personal. Giving back. Giving back. Inspiration and hope. Right? So more than half of our employees have a different ability. Um, you know, making it personal, we're always looking to make connections with our customers and we can talk some about that. I'd love to, yeah. The giving back is baked into everything we do. Um, and you gotta have great products, right? It's gotta be a great e-commerce store, great website, products, service. Um, you roll all that up and you get John's crazy socks. Well, I love it and, and I love the mission and, and, and I love how you explain it as a social enterprise. And, and I think the word you use to explain that where the social mission combined with the business mission are indivisible. And I think that's important, right? I mean, you guys are not a nonprofit, yet you have a much bigger why, I guess you could say, behind you know, why, you're, why you're selling socks. And this is essential to who we are, but how we operate as a business. Yes. Um, We've gone out and counted. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies. <laughs> right. So 
if all we're doing is making socks, well, what do we say? Ours are better, ours are last longer, smell better, look better. <laughs> um, now understand, we have great socks. Sure, yep. But it's not about selling some material. It's not about a transaction. It's about an experience. Mm. It's about a connection. So everybody, you know, we think of our customers as members of our community. Yep. And we're serving them. Um, and that is essential both to differentiate us in the marketplace, but also when times get tough, we have a North Star and we have values that can guide us and help us, you know, let me use a good metaphor since you're down on the water, you know, ride those rough waves, ride the tough surf. Absolutely. It's such an important point. I mean, you know, as I shared with you guys in our, our uh, prep meeting, you know, I, I work with a lot of people that are considering getting into business for themselves. And, and that's one of the first things, you know, I want to talk to them about and hear more about is, is why, right? Is why, you know, why would you want to make this transition into to business ownership? Because, you know, anyone that's owned their own business knows, you know, it is not all rainbows and unicorns, right? There's a lot of hard days as a business owner. There's a lot that gets thrown at you, a lot of up and ups and downs. And, and I love how you described it as kind of that North star, you know, when you have that, it, it makes it so much easier to push through the difficulties and the challenges. Whereas if you don't have that, it's a lot easier to give up when, when the tough times come your way. So I think that's important. I also love what you said about you know, creating a great experience for your clients. I think that is so key, regardless of what type of business we're talking about, especially in this day and age where there's so many options and there's so much noise out there in terms of ads and, and promotions for different products and services, you know, being able to create that experience uh, that your clients love that's what's going to help you have not only a, a business that grows, but a sustainable business that's there for the long term. Well, if you, if you look at the opportunities out there, if you want to sell the cheapest product or the cheapest service, you will always have some customers. Yep. But that's an awfully difficult place to be. Mm -hmm. If you have something that nobody else has, congratulations. Right. But that's so rare. So rare. Otherwise, yeah. you have to find a way to connect with people. And increasingly, and this is true, I think, both for customers and for employees. People are asking, you know, before I give you my money, before I give you my time, mm -hmm. who are you? What are you doing with my money? Right. Um, they want to know, how do you treat employees? How do you treat the environment? How are you connected to the community? And if you have a social enterprise, you can answer those questions. It's, it's also true, I find, with employees. You know, we're in the midst of what some folks are calling the great resignation, the great quit. Right? Yeah. In yep. April, 4 million people quit their jobs. I saw a survey I read this morning that said 65% of employees are thinking of leaving their jobs. Because they're saying, wait a second, what am I doing here? Right? Yes, I need to make money. I got to put food on the table. But particularly when I have options, they're asking why. 
I've been, I'm old, right, John? So right. I, I've been an entrepreneur a long time, led you know, a bunch of businesses. That question of why has always been out there. And now, you know, people can go and read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, or, mm -hmm. or Save Your Time and just look on YouTube. He's got a seven minute talk. Yep. That matters. You know, why are you doing this? And that should drive what you do. I could not agree more. And and I think you raised some really interesting and, and valid points, especially for, you know, this day and age. We're recording this in late September of 2021. And as you mentioned, uh, so many companies are having trouble finding good people to come to work. I mean, honestly, com companies are having trouble finding people, period. <laughs> I think right. there's a lot of companies out there like, we don't really care if you're good or not, just we need bodies we need people to come work for us and so you know and, and i think covid has has somewhat had an impact on this where you know people went to working remotely or people got let go or furloughed through no fault of their own through extenuating circumstances that they had no control over so now they're a little bit leery of you know putting their livelihood in the hands of an employer again i think people have gotten a taste of maybe a little more quality of life or a little more flexible work schedule. And so they are really kind of evaluating their options. And it's important to them that the company they go to work for stands for something, but also treats them right as employees. I mean, and to your point, you know, everyone needs to eat, everyone needs an income. Um, but I think there's a lot outside of just the income that uh, employees or potential employees are evaluating. And, and you said it earlier, you know, when you have a social enterprise, when you have a, a business that is very clear on what their mission is, these questions are easy to answer, right? You, you're, you're hoping that these so we, topics and these questions come up. Whereas if you're a company that doesn't have that, you know, you're, you're praying to God that, that you don't get asked about it because you're not going to have a good answer. We, we hear all the time. I hear from the friends and um, other business owners, I can't find enough workers, right? They're all struggling. We have kind of two answers to that. We've been very fortunate. We are fully, we're fully employed in the sense that we filled every job with good people. Mm -hmm. And as we go to expand and we need to do that for the holidays, we've been very fortunate to be able to fill all those positions. And I think there are two reasons. Okay. One, because we tap into this great untapped resource. We hire people with differing abilities. Mm. And, and you know, many of your audience or business owners, you know, understand that's not altruism. It's good business. Mm. I mean, if you get to know us, you'll find out John here, he's a very nice guy. Right? I'm not. <laughs> You're going to work, okay. you got to produce, right? But c consider this. We run our own pick and pack warehouse, right? Everybody right. sells online. You either outsource or you do it yourself. We do sure. it ourselves. Okay. Uh, so what do we call our pickers? Sock wranglers, right? Um, I love it. We fill our picker, our, our sock wrangler and our happiness packer jobs from three labor pools. Okay. People, people with different abilities. Mm-hmm. Moms, there are some dads in there because we do four-hour shifts. Um, and that led somebody put the kid on the bus in the morning, pick him up in the afternoon. And then the third are just people who want a job, right? Just, sure. just kind of yeah. neighbors. 
And our starting salary is $15 an hour. Okay. Uh, we don't pay anybody minimum wage because nobody does minimum work here. Yep, well, of those that. three labor pools, by far, the best labor pool we have are the people with differing abilities. They want to be here. Mm. They're enthusiastic. They care. They work hard. They pay attention, right? So that's one thing. And then the other is an extension of the social enterprise. Okay. The previous model said, if you're a business, your only allegiance is to your owner or your shareholders. But a social enterprise is saying, no, wait, we have more stakeholders than that. Yes, we have our owners, but we also have our employees. Mm -hmm. We have our customers. We have our community. So when you apply that to working with employees, we kind of have a five-phase approach. Okay. One, give people a mission worthy of their commitment. Mm. Give them something they will believe in and feel good about and feel proud about. And it can't just be, we're going to make money. And again, we want to make money, but that can't be the driving force. Right. Two, make sure everybody knows how what they do matters. Yes. How what they do serves that mission. There's no cognitive machinery. There's no job that doesn't matter. I love that. Three, put people in a position to succeed. Get them the training, the equipment, whatever it is. Invest in and, them. Yes. And don't ask them to do what they can't do. Mm. Right? John here does a lot of things for us, right? What's your title? Chief Happiness, uh, Chief Happiness Officer. He does some things none of us can do, but we don't ask him to handle the finances. Sure. Four, recognize what everybody does. That does include compensation, but you don't have to have the highest pay in the market. You do have to be able to recognize uh, and, and acknowledge what people are doing, value it. But some of that, it's just saying thank you. Yeah. It's the small things, right? Right. And then five, stay the hell out of the way. Let people do their jobs. Right? If you do those things, people are going to want to work. I want you to repeat that last one for me, please. Oh, stay the hell out of the way. Stay the hell out of right. the way. And, um, and the other four things are, are important before, you know, the owner can get out of the way, right? Especially the you know, give them what they need to succeed, right? Invest in training them, giving them the resources so that they can be successful, you know, empower them. And, and I love what you said about making sure that every single person on your team understands their contribution to the bigger picture or the bigger mission. I think that is so, so important. And many businesses miss that. Once you've got all of that, then get out of the way. Don't be the bottleneck. Let your team do what they they do best and that's really important for entrepreneurs yes right you know many of your listeners are starting a business the way we did right when we started it was just the two of us but if you're going to grow you're going to have to rely and trust other people absolutely and if i'm doing their job if i'm doing your job why the hell am i paying you right <laughs> Yes. And if I'm doing your job, then I'm not doing my job, right? I should only, I should be focusing on 
my highest and best use, the things that only I can do, or that, mm-hmm. you know, in our case, only John and I can do. Yep. So we, in our business, should be out of the office. Like today, when we're done with this, we're going to a children's hospital to donate socks and meet with some folks there. Oh, right? wow, that's awesome. We're, that's the type of stuff we should be doing. We're Tomorrow, we're meeting with one of our charity partners, the Special Olympics. Mm. I can't be here worrying about fulfillment and are we getting our orders out. So we we have a commitment to our customers. We do same-day shipping. But our Lord of the Socks, that's the title for our, the, our Andrew who runs our warehouse and fulfillment, right? Yep. Andrew is good. So I can rely on Andrew. I don't lay awake at night worrying about Andrew. Yeah. I got other things to worry about. Like I'm a New York Jet fan. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably keeping you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such a good point. And that's why I wanted you to repeat that, that final point, get the hell out of the way, because I know that is what so many small business owners, as they are attempting to scale, that's what they struggle with. We've struggled with it in our businesses. One of them in particularly where, you know, my wife has done an amazing job building this business and and we have scaled it and we have tons of room to continue scaling this business but when we started it was her wearing all the hats she was doing it all and she did it all very well and and over the years as we've built that business and and uh increased the size of our team she's struggled a little bit to let go of certain things but you know we recognize that that's what you have to do in order to scale a business and so it's it's so critical, but it's also very difficult for many entrepreneurs, especially if, you know, as you start the business, you know, you're in it, your your hands are on everything. We have another business where when we started it from day one, we had a general manager running day to day. That business has not been nearly as challenging for us as owners to to stay out of the way, right? Because we weren't in it, you know, in the thick of it in the very beginning. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years, and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today, and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with, and while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, 
but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. Tell us how long ago you started the business and then give us some perspective on where this business is today. And, you know, if you're comfortable sharing some some top yeah, so line numbers, I think it'd be great because I, I want people to understand this is a big enterprise that you guys have built. Yeah, why don't, uh, well, we can, we'll start at the beginning. We'll tell the origin story. And origin stories matter. Yes. Because they give you your DNA. Absolutely. So our story starts in the fall of 2016 in a small log cabin in the woods. No, it's a... (laughs) I was about to say, this sounds like a a, a fairy tale. (laughs) Right. We're on Long Island outside New York City in a town called Huntington. And where were you in the the fall of 16? Um, In 16, I, I... I entered in school. I went to high school. Got to be, be my last year. So here, here's something your audience may may or may not know. If you are diagnosed with a disability in the United States, mm-hmm. you can stay in the public school system until you turn 21. So you can get some extra time there. But once you turn 21, you know the end of that school year, it you got to go. Right. Um, it's frequently known as the 21 year old cliff. Because when you're in school, everything is right there. All the programs, everything you need is right there. Mm-hmm. Once you turn 21, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And in states like New York, Massachusetts, California, there are a lot of programs. Okay. In states like Florida and Texas, there's really nothing. But even in, in New York, if you got to navigate all this, put all this together. Sure. So John was in his last year of school trying to figure out, what do I do next? Right. And what were you looking at? I, I look at job program and school. I do like the object I don't like. He didn't see anything he liked. Right. Now, unfortunately, that's common for people with different abilities. Mm-hmm. The unemployment rate is as high as 70%. Wow. Um, wow. But John here is a natural entrepreneur. Because instead of seeing that as a problem, he turned it into an opportunity. You said, if I don't see a job I want, you were going to? I, I, I want to make one. I want to create one. Your creative job. I so what did you tell me? I said, I want to go into a business with my dad. I thought that business. He comes says, let's go into business together. Now, you know, I'll share this with, our, uh, with your audience. Um, at the same time, I was in a bad place. Um, I had been helping my wife run her business. Uh, you know, this is personal. I haven't 
prepared this much. Um, I've been working with her because she suffers from uh, a chronic uh, depression, mm. which uh, she could do great work, but needed somebody to kind of be there and, and help her. Sure. Unfortunately, that depression can lead to some uh, irrational and self-destructive acts. Mm. So what had happened was several years earlier, uh, she had dipped into some client money and taken some money. Mm. Well, that all comes to a head, we find, I find that out, when two detectives knock on the office door. Oh, My wife is arrested. And overnight, we shut down what had become the family business. Wow. So there we are. I'm trying to find a way forward of how do you keep the family together? You know, we got no income. We now have a big debt we have to repay that mm -hmm. we didn't know about. My wife is safe in jail, and my youngest son is trying to figure out what do we do. Um, and he comes and says, "You know, I'm starting some online businesses." And you say, oh, "I want to go. I want to go and be with my dad," which is pretty cool, right? So cool. That's and so cool. I've got three sons. He's the youngest, and this is <laughs> one I can work with. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and here's the kind of crazy thing. At the time, I'm thinking I'm taking care of John. No, he was taking care of me. Wow. He, he was saying, Dad, I believe in you. Mm. We can go do this. Um, but like most entrepreneurs, we had a lot of ideas. You were always coming up with ideas. And yeah. some of them are good ideas. <laughs> you know? some, so, some of them, right? That's the key word, some. Right. What was one of your ideas for a business? I, a food truck. I, I have an idea from the movie Chef, uh, John Farrow, uh, the movie about a father-son bonding over a food truck. So, okay, yeah, I think I like saw a, that. This seems like a fun idea. Yeah. We'll open a food truck. And we start thinking what we could sell, where would we do it? Uh, but we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah, we can't. That is a problem, yeah. But then, <laughs> right before Thanksgiving, John had his eureka moment. I did. I want to sell crazy socks. Why socks is fun and colorful and creative. It always made me be, be me. I want crazy socks my entire life, Dad. So mm. I look at this, right? We used to drive around looking for these socks for John. Okay. And think, okay, if he loves them that much, surely there are other people that do too. And we could we could find our find our tribe. Yeah. yeah. And for the entrepreneurs out there, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business, look at us. We're a couple of knuckleheads. I had never <laughs> sold socks before. I'd worked in the healthcare field much of my career. I ran a software company and but this is all going to be new. We didn't, we're bootstrapping. We had very few dollars. Okay. But instead of looking at all the reasons you can't do something, you know, John is great at this. Okay. What can we do? Yeah. So we built a, a store in the Shopify platform, which you can do very inexpensively. Mm -hmm. We negotiated to get some inventory, okay. which is, and some of your listeners will know that can be a challenge because the suppliers were saying, we're not going to sell to you until you show us you have customers. Well, if you don't give me any inventory, how the heck am I going to get customers? 
right? And they probably have minimum order requirements. Right. I would imagine so you got to lay out a bunch of capital to get the inventory. Right, and you got to pay up front. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we have no money for marketing. So you make do what you have. We set up mm -hmm. a Facebook page. I took out my cell phone and we made videos. And who is in those videos? I am. I talk about socks, 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 more socks. Right? <laughs> um, and what day did we open? We opened on Friday, December 9th, 2016. Right? Okay. And we didn't know what to expect. But we were very fortunate. We got what felt to be a flood of right. orders the first day. We got 42 wow. orders. No and way. Most, most of them were local. Um, so what did we decide to do with those first orders? A whole ton of years. We got red boxes. We put the socks in the box. And we're looking, saying, I need something else. Right. I, I put a chicken to Albert, and I put a candy. We went across the street to the supermarket, got bags of Hershey's Kisses, and we're filling the boxes with the candy. Right. Loaded up the car. Drove around. I go, I knock it off. And our customers love our socks. We we had people reordering just to have John come back to their house. So right. you, <clears throat> you drove around and, and hand we, delivered them, John? Yeah. I did. You're amazing. Like, You're amazing. We're waiting for him to come and he'd take photographs. And there was oh, some right. crazy moments, right? It's 1030 at night and he's knocking <laughs> on the door. <laughs> Lucky that, you know, it wasn't answered with a shotgun or something. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. But but part of it, you know, what I want to share is, okay, we just kept, you know, we knew what was going to matter to us then. Right? We knew we wanted to wow customers. And you just keep finding ways to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and by going and doing, we learned a few things just by testing it. You know, one, people want to buy socks. Two, people buy socks from me, Dad. Right? They, <laughs> yep. they related yep. to John. They like the personal touch. So even if we were shipping the package, you know, they still got the note, the candy. Mm -hmm. you know, they like the thought of John doing the home deliveries. Sure, um, absolutely. And something that surprised us, we didn't know, we didn't think about. People found John inspirational. Right. We've got some very touching messages and phone calls from people. I believe it. About what that mattered. You know, to us, it's just John, right? Um, and then we also learned that this young man, and an old man, this old man, we could sell some. <laughs> so it it doesn't it's it's not a smooth road. You know where Never are we is. today, right? So we're going to celebrate our fifth anniversary in December, and you probably know the statistics: overwhelming majority of businesses never make it five years. Yep. Um, if you're out there and you started a business and you've made it a year, take a bow. Yeah. You know, just surviving is important. Yep. You know, particularly with the with the pandemic. Um, where are we today? We have 30 employees, 22 of whom have a differing ability. Wow. Um, we uh, we want to make happy customers. 96%. We have 29,000 online reviews. 96% of five-star reviews. Wow. Um, if you're familiar with the net promoter score, we have mm -hmm. a net promoter score of 92, which is off the charts. That is off the um, charts. It's um, So we have the happy customers. We have engaged customers. We've shipped now to over 85 countries. Wow. 240,000 Facebook likes. 
I think it's 60,000 Instagram followers. And our TikTok is starting to grow. You're like making those things. I love TikTok, Dad. But giving back, (laughs) so from day one, we pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And and one of the Special Olympics. I have better Olympics. I love better Olympics. And then we've gone to create products that raise awareness and money for causes. So the first one, and here's another example for your, uh, you know, for the budding entrepreneurs. It's January of 2017. We're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And that's when we learn nobody buys anything in January. They spent all their money at Christmas. <laughs> right. They got to um, wait till February when they get the tax return. Kind of, right? Um, <laughs> and we also learn that people celebrate World Down Syndrome Day, which is when? I, I, it's March 23rd at 321. Right, because you get Down Syndrome, uh, just a small segue or side trip. We have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People with Down syndrome have an extra 21st chromosome. So World Down Syndrome Day is March 21st. And we discover people conveniently celebrate that by wearing crazy socks. No way. You would have thought we did that ahead of time. No, we're not that smart. Um, So we go looking. At that time, we're reselling socks. We go looking for Down syndrome socks. Uh, We we can't find one. And I, wow. I said, I want to create one. I want to make one. So John designed the world's first Down syndrome awareness. Hub. There John goes, up, solving a problem again. Right? We call up the National Down Syndrome Society and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sell this sock and we want to give you money from every pair we sell. And they say, who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but right. now we work closely. John, in fact, is on their board. Oh, um, wow, that is so cool. So the giving back is baked into everything we do. We've now raised over $450,000 for our charity partners. And here's a really cool thing. I just love this. This young man, a Special Olympic athlete, has donated over $100,000 to the Special Olympics. Wow. How cool is that? John, congratulations. That is so cool. Thank you and, so much. And the business now, we do multi-million dollars in revenue every year. We have found, right? And this is, you know, you, you come back and you look at some of the growths and the ups and downs with that. Um, getting started is actually the easy part. Growth is hard. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the end of both the first and second year, geez, we had good revenues and we had made a profit on paper. And I'm going to my accountant and saying, so why am I broke? I got no money. Mm-hmm. He says, Mark, go look in your warehouse. There's your profit. Yep. Um, so now we have a strategic partner, a third-generation family business that manufactures socks. Uh, mm-hmm. They make them for department stores and brand names. So okay. it's a really good match. Yeah. Um, and we've created a brand that makes a difference. Um, it's it's such an amazing story, and and. Thank you for walking us through kind of the the evolution of how you got started and how you got to where you are today. And I, I just wanted to make sure the audience understood. I mean, this is a a legitimate, very large enterprise that you guys have built, not just, you know, selling a few socks here and there. And I know from talking with you in our, our prep meeting, you guys have been very innovative and have continued to find 
not only new products to sell, not only other ways to enhance that client experience that you've talked so much about, but also just ways to to allow the business to keep growing and, and to not plateau. I think you were telling me you have a, a, a subscription model a, or a sock of the month or something along those lines. Club. Yeah. We've now introduced our uh, series of B2B uh, services. We make custom socks. We have a charity fundraising program. We have a concierge program. So, oh, just uh, in the past two days, we we made arrangements with two large uh, organizations. One is um, WellPath, which provides medical and mental health services across the country to prisons and different institutions. Okay. Um, to celebrate mental health workers, they're buying, they're gonna send 1500 packages to people and they're contracting with us to do that. Yeah, um, so and we'll cool. do, we'll give a talk at their, at, at an event they're creating. And with SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management, we're gonna speak at their inclusion conference and they just ordered I think 5,000 pairs of custom socks. Uh, wow. So we roll that out. Um, there are always more opportunities. And if you can keep putting yourself out there, you're going to see those. So a word of caution, speaking to myself, but also to your audience, um, a good thing about entrepreneurs, a good thing about our organization, we have ideas all the time. Yeah, we do. A bad thing about our organization, we have ideas all the time. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. And we and, yep. and so we have to be disciplined in knowing we can't, you know, we don't have you know, most of our employees are part-time folks working in our warehouse. We have to be disciplined and focused on what initiatives we take on. Yes. Because if you, it, it'll sound counterintuitive, but by doing less, you get more done. It's you true. Do too much, you don't get things done. It's true. And I, I think most entrepreneurs fall into that. It's it's kind of the curse of the entrepreneur. Your wills are always turning. You've got a million ideas and, and um, you know, you do have to be very disciplined. Um, and, and so, you know, I just want to take a second and, and say congratulations to both of you, John. I mean, congratulations for the idea that you had. Uh, being willing to take action uh, and and for creating such an amazing company that has, you know, helped benefit so many important causes, but also you're creating jobs. I mean, you've got, what'd you say, 30 some employees? 30 jobs, 22 with differing abilities. That number, or the number of folks in our warehouse will double during the holidays. Um, wow. Yeah. It's And, you know, I, I get to be the proud dad. John is a winner of the EY, uh, Entrepreneur of the Year Award um, and has been recognized elsewhere for the creativity and what we did. And, and at a very simple level, right? We are still just a couple of knuckleheads selling <laughs> socks. But all we want to do is change the world. Right. Right. And so we've testified twice before Congress. Uh, we've spoken at the United Nations because once you get the platform, mm. then it becomes an obligation of what are you going to do for it? Sure. And yeah. it all comes down to our mission. What's our mission? It's pretty happy then. Right. So um, you may have suffered through this, so been in a corporation and gone on a, a 
mission statement writing exercise. Oh, God, it was, yes. Was it very simple? <laughs> and we live it all the time. Everything we do is judged on how are we fulfilling that mission. So yesterday, for example, we were finalizing our Black Friday, Cyber Monday promotions. Or okay. But we're looking at that. We want to know what other people do, right? You're always looking for good ideas. Sure. I'm a big fan. You've heard of these people. This guy Shakespeare and this guy Bob Dylan. Big fan, both of them. And they steal ideas and lines all the time. Mm -hmm. They make it their own. That's what we do, right? I'm all, we're always looking, where can we get? But then we have to be true to us. So That's right. yeah. we don't celebrate Black Friday or Cyber Monday. We have gratitude week. Mm. And through that, we raise more money for our charity partners and we give back to our customers because that's who we are. And but if you look at it from a business point of view, what are we going to do? Well, we'll offer 40% off. They're offering 30% off, right? We can't compete there. You're getting a race to the bottom. Right. But we can make people feel really good. Right. When you when you buy from us you're not only getting great socks, right? Our reviews attest to that. You're helping us hire people with different abilities. Mm -hmm. You're helping us give back and you're helping us spread happiness. Yeah. When you get that package, it's got John's smiling face on the outside. You open it up, you get your socks, you get a handwritten thank you note from John. On the backside of that is the story of John's crazy socks. You get candy. You get your packing slip that has stickers on it with the pictures and the names of the people that packed your order. You're feeling great. That's an experience, right? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. And, and here's the other thing that's very clear to me is you're having a ton of fun doing it, right? And you having fun? I did. <laughs> and I can only imagine that's that's a big part of the culture you know, that you've created at John's Crazy Socks is that, you know, your team members uh, show up and they have fun, um, you know, and you've already talked about ways that you set them up for success and empower them and make sure they understand their contribution to uh, we, we the bigger picture. Out, we do. Well, now we've moved it to Tuesdays. Tuesday mornings is Bagel Tuesday. All right. Friday, we have staff lunch. We buy lunch for everybody. We all celebrate together. Um you got to find ways to say thank you and to acknowledge what we're doing. Um, and everybody plays a role, right? Yeah. So yeah. everybody helps pick out the socks we have. We have people, multiple people designing socks, our employees. Now, a, a designer may finish it. Sure. Um, but conceptualizing. Right. Everybody here, right? It's not enough for us just to hire people. We're always creating content. Everybody here participates in videos, in public events, right? And, and this comes back to your why, right? We get hit with the pandemic. The pandemic was very bad for our business. Um, in the spring, our business depends a lot on the like World Down Syndrome Day and Autism Awareness Month, schools and organizations, well, you know, doing things. Well, when everything is shut down, nobody's buying. So we lost several hundred thousand dollars. What do you do? We got to take care of safety, make sure everybody's okay. Mm -hmm. 
And then you figure out how to adapt. So we host school tours here. But we can't do that um, during a pandemic. So we move them online. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, before you had to be on Long Island if you wanted to come for a tour. Mm-hmm. We've now had schools from Japan, India, France, no around the world come for tours. The wow. same with our speaking engagements. Um, we would we traveled across Canada, the U.S., Mexico. You yeah. love that, right? I do. Right, but so now nobody's doing in-person events mm-hmm. with them online. The same thing. We spoke at three different conferences in India, just India alone. That was not going to happen. Or wow. in other ways, it opens things up. Like last week, we spoke to a group of students in New Hampshire. Well, in the pre-pandemic mode, that was never going to happen because it wouldn't have been worth our while to go to New Hampshire and take a day or two. And they couldn't afford to pay us to come. But a virtual thing, we can do that, right? And then you look for the opportunities it creates. And when you know that mission, right? So we start selling masks. We now have introduced some home goods. Um, What's our mission? Pay happiness. One way we do that, what do you host every Tuesday afternoon? Dance party. John hosts an online dance party. There you go. Some weeks we get 12 people. Some weeks we get 100 people. What better way to spread happiness than have a dance party? Well, I can tell you this. You guys are absolutely spreading happiness. You know, this is the most fun I've had on a podcast, I think, since I started this podcast. And I'm not just saying that. I know my audience is going to be uh, filled with happiness listening to this. And, you know, you, you've made so many good points today, in addition to sharing your very inspirational story. Uh, you know, there's a lot I could kind of go through and highlight. There's a couple things that that I really do want to highlight and make sure that the audience takes away from this, though. And and one of those is is going back to one of your early points and saying that, you know, you have to be focused as a business on creating a phenomenal experience for your clients. You know, unless you have that kind of revolutionary proprietary idea, which there's very few of those left, um, you know, chances are you're going to have competition. Right. And, and as you already pointed out, and I completely agree, most people, especially if you're going into business, you don't want to have to compete on being the cheapest. That is not a sustainable business model. So how do you compete? Right. You said there's exactly one gazillion sock companies out there. Okay. So you guys have done an amazing job making purchasing John's crazy socks, uh, an experience that fills your clients with happiness and that keeps them coming back. And of course you have to have a quality product to do that, but you've taken this so far beyond just having a quality sock that you're selling. We own an insulation business, right? Our insulation is no different from the insulation that other companies are selling, right? We buy it from the same manufacturers. Uh, It's all about creating a better experience for our clients. That's what gives us an edge. And that's what keeps us from having to compete based on being the cheapest. So I think that is such an important takeaway for anyone listening, whether you're already in business for yourself or you're considering getting into business for yourself really focus on creating that that client experience that is not only going to set yourself apart from your competition, but it's going to keep your clients coming back for more. The other yeah, thing I want to go ahead. So just let me add to that. Yeah. 
and you're constantly happy looking for ways to do it. And when you believe it, it's got to make itself manifest in everything you do, in the way you answer the phone, mm, in the yeah. signs you put up, in the car, in the way you paint your office. Um, and you'll keep finding ways. So I'll give you two quick examples. Please. Um, among the socks we sell, we sell socks for diabetics. Okay. And one of our happiness packers comes and says, you know, this is kind of crazy. We're sending diabetic socks to people and we're sending them candy. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so what do we do now? Because of that, we now have a supply of sugar-free candy ah, that go with the go. diabetic socks, right? Um, you know, I'm assuming everybody knows with the various email programs out there, we use one called Clavio. Um, okay. You can segment your audience, yep. your emails, to more personalized things. Sure. Well, we segment our fulfillment. We have five different packages we send out, depending on how many orders that you've made. So everybody gets a thank you note, but it's a different note. Yeah. Right? It's different inserts. So if it's your first order, you get one package, but if it's your fifth order, you get a completely different package. Wow. Yeah. None of this is rocket science, right? It's just, constantly be looking for ways to fulfill your mission and and everybody contributes to that it's such a it's such a good point and and very good examples and you know it, it's not it, it's always looking for those opportunities to improve and create a better experience and it's also being willing to take the time to implement them right your business would probably have been more simple if you just had the one segmentation for your fulfillment and and you know it sounds like you have a very dialed in process now but in order to create those different segments put the processes in place to be able to to streamline it you know i, I imagine that added complications at least for a period of time but you were willing to do that and make the investment because you knew it would enhance the experience for your clients i mean my wife uh, we have two young kids uh four-year-old and a nine-month-old and my wife has this um, company that she loves to order pajamas from. And, and they're similar to your socks, John. They've got crazy fun patterns on them in different colors. And they're made out of a really soft material. And she and I were sitting on the front, front porch yesterday. She got a package delivered and it's from this company. There was a handwritten note in it from the owner of this company. And she even realized that this was a repeat order. It was not our first order. So she specifically thanked my wife for her repeat order. My wife and I probably sat there on the porch and talked about that for 15 or 20 minutes. And here you are talking about it again. Exactly. It, right. it really resonates. It may seem like a small thing, but it'll make you stand out. And let me, let me preface this too, by saying those are not inexpensive pajamas. <laughs> I looked at them. I was like, you paid how much for pajamas? Like you realize they're just going to pee on them while they're sleeping. Right? Uh, <laughs> but, well, it's but, but here's something else I want to make sure to share with your audience, if, particularly if they're aspiring entrepreneurs. We didn't start there. Yes. Such a good point. When we opened, you know, well, today, how many different socks do we have? Over 3,000. We have over 3,000. John here, by the way, is the owner of the world's largest sock store. Wow. But we started with 37 that we laid out on two tables. That was our warehouse, two tables. Okay. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. We then moved up. It was crazy. We we were in this old house that had been converted to office space. It was built in 1741. When they say they don't build it like they used to, be grateful. It had undulating floors, tilted stairways, low ceilings. It was the second floor that became our warehouse. Okay. We had wire racks up there. We just laid the socks. Every time I'd go up there, I'd bang my head on the ceiling. <laughs> right? And here, you know, like, here's a crazy example we had. We didn't have any orderings in any system. We just kind of knew where they were. Yeah, right. We got a, an email one day from somebody who ordered some Hamilton socks. Okay. We had sent him Thomas Jefferson socks by mistake. Uh-oh. And he went on at great length about everybody knows how Jefferson and Hamilton were mortal enemies. <laughs> how could you send me Jefferson socks? And I'm thinking, we got to train our people on American history. Right. <laughs> right. We then move, we, we get space here. We have a warehouse. We have a system. But I can remember in 2018 in December, we had some viral experience. We get some real big spikes in sales, good mm. news. But our inventory system wasn't accurate enough to keep up, mm. right? So we were all backed up with what we call broken orders, people ordering things that we were out of stock of. Uh. Um, and how do you resolve that? Well, we don't have those problems anymore, but it's taken years of constantly improving the system to get to the point where you can now really do some fine tuning and subtlety. So I want to make sure your audience knows you don't, you know, in baseball, you don't start on third base, you know? Um, That's right. Yeah. And no matter what you do, no matter how much you plan or how hard you work, things will go wrong. Guaranteed. On our very first day, what time were we going to open that day? Are we going to um, open at 10 in the morning? 10 in the morning. But what happened? Our website crashed. The website crashed. Because our webmaster, who was me, screwed up something in the code. So we opened that afternoon, right? When things go wrong, in particular, when we talk to students, we point this out. You can't cry. You can't sit on the floor. You can't say, what was me? You got to pick your head up and say, now, what do we do? And you just got to keep finding a way. Well, and, and that's a perfect segue into the, the second kind of theme that I picked up on in this conversation that I really wanted to, to highlight is, you know, for the two of you, John, in particularly for you, man, you know, it seems like you are masterful at finding the opportunity that to most people would just seem like a problem or an obstacle. And, and I think that is so important for any entrepreneur, any aspiring entrepreneur to embrace that type of a mindset, to, to find the opportunity in a problem. Because you're exactly right, Mark, you go into business for yourself. The one guarantee is that things will not go right <laughs> and problems will arise and you can't hunker down. You can't stick your head in the sand when they do. You have to take action. And, and, you know, I love that you pointed out that, you know, where John's crazy socks is today is not where you started. You didn't have all the answers. You didn't have all of these systems and processes you've learned and built as you go. And chances are a year from now, two years from now, you'll be even further along than you are now. You'll continue learning and you'll continue developing. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with 
uh, to actually take that first step to get into business for themselves because they they sit there and they feel like, well, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how I would handle this if it came up. I don't I don't know, you know, what the outcome of this is going to be. And so you, finding yeah. that courage to to just take the the leap, if you will, uh, is is so important. It's I mean, it's necessary, the, but the but time that, is the time is never right. Yeah, it's never perfect. If you wait for it to be perfect, it is too late. Yep. Um, I, you know, one thing way you can think about it, there, you can separate people into two lot of groups. All the people who will tell you, here's why it won't work. Here are all the obstacles. Here's why you can't do it. Here's why it's hard. Yep. And then there are those other people who roll up their sleeves and say, okay, how do we get this done? That's right. I mean, here's, here's an example. Let's say what you decide you want to do is put a billboard on the moon. Okay. Well, you mention that to people and say, oh, forget it. It's too hard. It's too this and that. Well, but the right way to think about that is, okay, what would this take? Well, we'd have to build a rocket. We'd have to, and it's going to cost $10 billion. And you have to solve this problem and this problem, right? So it's not no, it's just, okay, this is what we got to do. Yeah. And then you can decide, well, well turns out we don't have $10 billion. Um, <laughs> but you can find a way. Always. Right. I mean, talking of rockets, look at Elon Musk. I mean, how how much has that guy done that, you know, the vast majority of people would say that's impossible. It can't be done. You know, he's he's a very good example of someone with that mindset of here's a problem. How do we solve it? Not can we solve it? Right. We um, had a we had a high school student ask us once uh, you know, we told the origin story and he asked John, he said, well, who did you have to ask permission to do this? And it's incredibly liberating when people know you don't have to ask anybody. It's also scary, right? Sure. Like, we have no excuses. We can't blame headquarters. Mm -hmm. We can't blame the board. We can't blame anybody else. It's us. And that's both liberating, and I understand how that can be scary. Uh, but... But, it, it, you know, I know in my experience, uh, you know, I would imagine that it was similar for for the two of you and Mark. I know you've been, you know, involved in other businesses and, and been an entrepreneur for a long time. But, you know, what I've found and, and what, you know, most of the people I've worked with that that have taken that leap and and gone into business for themselves, as soon as they take that first step, it's very liberating. But a lot of the the fear the uncertainty and the doubt disappears as soon as you take that right. first step. Cause now you're falling, you're having fun, you're learning as you go, you're in it versus kind of standing back contemplating, do I want to jump or not? And, and so, I mean, that's what the path to freedom is all about. That's what this podcast is all about is, you know, having the, the courage to bet on yourself so that you can have more freedom. You can have more control over, not just your your livelihood and and your income, but just how you live your life, and and it gives you more freedom to impact the, the people you, and the causes that you want to have an impact on. Once you go down that road, you can't go back. No, right? No. But you know, I told you where we where I was in the fall of 2016. It was bleak, but part of it, I laugh at this. I was an entrepreneur, which meant I was unemployable. Right. You know, I couldn't work <laughs> yeah. with somebody else. Yeah. Um, and and I see this in John and I can look back and see it myself. Long before I had the word entrepreneur, 
long before I thought of myself that. I could see how I was being entrepreneurial. Like in sixth grade, mm -hmm. I formed a baseball league. Um, yeah. It wasn't always doing good things. In, in uh, high school, I organized Junior Cut Day, right? <laughs> I, got, I got thrown out of high school over that. Yeah. They took me back in and that became my platform to get elected school president. Um, you know, you in college, I, I organized this three-day party because I read about these parties that the Merry Pranksters were having in a book by Tom Wolf called The Electro-Kool-Aid Acid Test. I, I think okay. it's on raves now. I'm like, well, I'd love to go to one of those, but where would I go? So I, I made up my mind. It was a Christmas holiday. I'm reading this book. I'm going to do this in May. And I did things. But now I look back on it, it's like, wow, that was good. I got yeah. a bunch of friends. I said, you're on the board. I, didn't, I don't think we called it a board. I said, you're all putting money in. It was, you know, different day and age. Spoke to one guy, we bought a pound of pot, and that turned into, well, we're just selling that to raise money for his party. There um, you go, yeah. <laughs> every Wednesday night, I held a, uh, we had a keg party in my dorm. And, you know, you'd have to pay, I think, a dollar, two dollars to get in. And um, But half of the money would go to, buying next week's cakes and half would go to this three-day party. Um, there you go. You kept doing these things. And then, I don't know, at some point I became like a grown-up. Uh, <laughs> but it's there. And yeah, it, it's not for everybody. My wife, no way. Um, but once you do it, mm -hmm. and then you get better and better at it and you take a risk and, you know, well, it's it's true. I mean, I, I I truly believe that myself. That that once you really start down this path, you know, I call it once you start charting your own path to freedom, uh, there's no going back. <clears throat> and and you know, I think you you know, as you just said, you get better at it. And and I absolutely believe that. The fear, I call it FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It never goes away. You get better at recognizing it for what it actually is embracing it and using it to fuel you instead of letting it hold you back. Right. Um, but it never goes away completely. And it's certainly not for everyone. And that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, we're talking to the people out there that that have that burning desire inside of them to go build something for themselves and, and make a bigger impact than they're able to and, and whatever it is that they're currently doing. So um, I, I know everyone that listens to this is going to get so much value. So I really appreciate you guys sharing this. So let us share just a couple of things, right? Please. Right. John, you want to offer some pearls like, yeah. or what's our mission? Free happiness. And to you, what are the keys to spreading happiness? Gratitude to for others. Gratitude do for others. And you can actually build a business around that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if people want to get great socks, where can they get them? At johncrazysocks.com. Johnscrazysocks.com. Right. And remember, when you come there, not only can you get great socks, great blankets now, but um, you're helping us employ people with different abilities. You're helping us give back. And you're going to spread happiness. You're going to be happy. And you're going to get a phenomenal experience. Yeah. We'll, we'll link the website in the notes. Before I let you guys go, I've got to ask too, though, What's the vision for John's Crazy Socks going forward? We want to grow the business to reach more people, touch more people, employ more people. So 
it's it's a couple of things. Um, it's grow the B2B business, and we're entering the wholesale marketplace. Our strategic okay. partner is good at that. Okay. And we have a couple of key initiatives that we'll be taking on in the next year. Um, we're creating a happiness index. Um, if our mission is to spread happiness, we ought to me- be able to measure that. Wow. And so we're working on that and half of the half of the feedback will come from customers and half from our employees. So we're going to cool. publish that at our website, but we're also working with the Society of Human Resource Management because we may do that together because we want other businesses to do it too. I, I can imagine John standing in Times Square and asking Jeff Bezos, where's your happiness index? How much happiness are you creating, right? Or imagine the president of the United States is she or he comes to speak to people on the podium, they have to have the happiness index of how much happiness they're creating. So that's one thing uh, we're gonna extend. We're also, I'm, I'm really excited about the second initiative. Um, we're calling it JCS Champions. Okay. And the idea, we, we expect to roll it out next year, that in five years, we are gonna put 1,000 people with differing abilities into business. Yeah. We're going to give them a business in a box. We're going to give them a stand. We're going to give them inventory. We're going to train them. We're going to give them marketing material so they can open their own store. Now, it'll be at flea markets, craft fairs. Maybe they could put a stand up at a, a store in town. Mm-hmm. But we want to create a thousand businesses um, to show what people with differing abilities can do and how entrepreneurism is an option. I love that initiative. You shared a little bit of that with me when we first spoke and, and uh, I absolutely love that. What a great, what a great cause. What a great mission. Um, No doubt you guys are spreading so much happiness, not only to your customers, to your employees, to all these great causes that you support, you really are changing the world and, and it's truly inspiring. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you. You got any last words? I do. Go ahead. Follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard. So you can do. Pretty good. That's so good. That's so good. We could have just just led with that, ended with that, and it would have still been value-packed. But, John, congratulations on your success. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you so much. And um, I can ask something. Are you limited to the path freedom? Oh, listen to the path to freedom podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen to West. Get those pearls of wisdom. We love it. Thank you. I'll I'll be uh, I'll be contacting you about possibly uh, being my uh, my opening to all of my podcast episodes going forward, John. We'd be glad to do that. Thank you so much. Well, hey, let's stay in touch. Anything I can ever do to help you, please don't hesitate to reach out. But thank you both for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. And please keep doing what you're doing. Keep changing the world and keep spreading happiness. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye, Wes.
that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path, the number two, frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.